Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? Everyone doing good? Was it a blessing to see the little ones up front this morning? Especially, there was one little four-year-old about right here. That was mine. She was extra cute. Man, I love seeing it. I love seeing it. Well, my name's Luke, one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. We're so thankful that you're with us this morning. We are still in our sermon series called Practical Wisdom out of the book of Proverbs. Last week, if you remembered, we looked at humility. And my biggest takeaway about last week was that I, I'm confident that, that God is going to provide an opportunity for us to humble ourselves. And we looked at two characters. We looked at Pharaoh and we looked at Christ. We can either respond like Pharaoh and say, who is this Lord? Or we can respond like Christ in ultimate obedience. So I hope that's still on your mind. I hope it was a blessing to you. It's challenged me all week long. But this week we're going to look at the topic of speech. The topic of speech. Our words. Our words have immense power. Do you agree with that statement this morning? Our words have a lot of power. So if you got your Bibles, go to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be there, and also we're going to be in the book of James. Okay? So we're going to be in Proverbs, and we're going to be in James. The proverb that I want to read to kind of start our conversation this morning is out of chapter 16. It comes from verse 24. I've had this one underlined in my Bible for a long time. It says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Honey is healthy for the body. You read it in God's word, right? You read it in God's word. Kind words, they are good and they're a blessing. I want to share a story with you uh, that I learned this past week uh, about how words can transform an environment. In the 90s, there was, a, uh, there was a prison known as Angola, Louisiana State Penitentiary. And in 1995, a, a new warden showed up on the scene. His name was Burl Cain. Burl Cain was a devout Christian. He loved the Lord. And at the time, Angola, Louisiana State Penitentiary, was known as the most dangerous prison in the United States. It was a, a place that housed the worst of the worst. And being a warden that loved the Lord, he instituted a lot of things that had their roots in Scripture. But the thing that he was most famous for was that he prohibited profanity. Can I believe that? When I read the story, my mind went to the movie Angels in the Outfield when they couldn't cuss, right? Because they wanted the angels to be there on the field. But he, he prohibited profanity by the use of his staff and also that with the inmates, and I thought, wow, man, how, how could he even do this? He enforced it. He said, we're, we're not going to use that language here. We're, we're not going to do that in this place. You might be thinking, that, that sounds really silly. Why would the most dangerous place, the most dangerous prison, why would the warden even be concerned with words? Our words have power. And he knew that. He knew what Scripture taught about words. So he put this into motion. I want to read a, a clip from the Washington Post. It, it says, the year before Cain arrived... There were nearly 300 attacks on the staff and 766 inmate-on-inmate assaults, half of which were with weapons. Since Cain took over as warden, inmate attacks on the staff have plunged nearly 70%, and inmate-on-inmate violence has dropped 44%. Now granted, cleaning up language is beneficial, 
right? It's just, it's just a good thing to do. But what I love about this story is that not only did he prohibit profanity, but he also brought in preachers. He brought in evangelists. And during his time there, he saw hundreds, if not thousands, of inmates come to Christ. That's where the true heart change takes place. But, but you see, he, he had this, he had this uh, uh, thought. He believed. He said, giving voice to unrighteous anger puts us one step closer to acting on it. He knew the power of words. He knew that the words that these guys were saying, the speech that they had for one another, was evident of the heart that they had. He said, well, we got to do something about this. we got to change the way we talk to one another. And as I read that story, man, I, that was powerful. I was like, that's, that, that's Scripture coming to light. As important as it is for a prison environment, perhaps it's just as important for you and I outside that place. Amen? Our words have power. They have immense power. And this morning, we need to look and see what all Scripture has to say about our language. And so we need to go to the book of James. We need to take a look there. While Proverbs is full of practical wisdom, what James does is he takes a lot of the thoughts that we have in Proverbs, and he adds a little bit more to see how that actually acts in our life. So if you got the book of God's Word, I need you to go to the book of James. We're going to be in chapter 3. Go to the book of James, chapter 3. That's where he talks about all things speech-related. So with that on our minds, that, man, God, our, our words are, are like, kind words are like honey. They're just good. Let's talk about the power of our speech and some truths that God's Word has to say about our speech. There's going to be three things that we're going to draw from the Word of God this morning when it talks about our speech. The first one that I want you to take note of, that I want you to write down, that I want you to remember, is that our speech, it's very tough to tame. Our words are tough to tame. We're going to get this from James chapter 3, verse 2. It says, indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. You see, verse 2, what it does for us right here is James says, our speech, the, the, the sin of the tongue, it's that unifying sin. We all struggle with keeping our mouths closed or saying the right things at the right time. Anybody agree with that? Anybody have trouble with that? And, and, and James says, man, this sin, it's unifying. If we could control our mouths, we would be perfect people. He gives that much weight to your speech. He says, man, if you can control that, everything else would be easy. That's what James says right here. So he is putting a lot of weight on the power of words. And he says it's really tough to control. And if you continue reading in, in this chapter, man, he, he gives all kinds of illustrations. He was like, you know, we use little tiny rudders to make a giant ship go wherever we want. We use these little bits in giant horses' mouths to make them go wherever we want them to go. If you, if you ride horses in here, I really don't like horses, but I went on a hunting trip several years ago in the mountains, and to make that trip easier, we had to use horses. I will be perfectly honest with you this morning. I would rather have a side-by-side or a four-wheeler that I can control. A horse has a mind of its own. If you like horses in here, you're a brave soul. So I showed up on this hunting trip, and our guide was like, hey, this is going to be your mode of transportation all week. I said, great. I've ridden a horse one time for like four minutes, and you're going to ask me to go up 13,000 feet on the back of a horse 
on this little bitty trail looking at a cliff that I could fall and die? He said, yeah, you're going to be fine. Awesome. So I had to trust this horse. It had this little bit in its mouth, and I could just barely touch his neck and, and pull, and he would go exactly where I wanted him to go. And James says, hey, we can make these horses, these giant beasts, go wherever we want by this little bit, yet we cannot control our mouths. Our, our speech is a very difficult thing to control. The tongue can make grand speeches, good or bad. The book of Proverbs says in chapter 10, verse 19, that too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. I love the Proverbs. Man, it's just so straightforward. Be sensible and stop talking. Too much talk leads to sin. We can't tame it, and it's something that's always going to be there for us to use. And it's a source of sin that honestly does not really seem to fade. If we look at the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the wisest man of the Word of God, says to ever live, what Solomon says is that the older that we get, the physical desire to sin with our bodies starts to decrease. But what Solomon also says is that our tongue has a tendency to grow more sharp the older that we get. You, you see, I, I, can't, I can't use my body like I used to, Lord, to, to, to sin. I don't, those desires, they seem to fade. But the older that I get, the more tempted I am to be sharp with my tongue. And, and, and what we're going to realize, that the older that we get, is that if we aren't people that are acting in wisdom, if we aren't people that, that have this uh, desire to repent of sin uh, or grow in likeness of Jesus, that our tongue will grow sharper the older that we get. It's this unifying sin that doesn't really ever seem to fade. You're going, wow, Luke, you're not giving us a whole lot of hope this morning. You're saying there's really nothing I can do about it. There is something you can do about it, but first you have to realize that it is a problem, and we've got to overcome it. Proverbs 10, verse 14, this comes from the Living Bible translation. It says, a wise man, a wise man holds his tongue. Only a fool blurts out everything he knows. That only leads to sorrow and trouble. So you see here, he gives us the answer. It's the wise man that controls the tongue. So this first point, you might be thinking, well, it's tough to tame. Lord, I have trouble with it. We need to start pursuing wisdom this morning, practical wisdom this morning on how to control our mouth. So that's, that's the first truth of speech. It's really tough to control. The second thing that I want to draw your attention to this morning about our speech is that it literally has the power to kill and heal. Your words have the power to kill and heal. James chapter 3 verse 9 reads this. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Later on he goes to say this should not be. This is not right. How in the world can this be that we can praise the Father one moment and then we can curse a brother and sister in Christ the next? This shouldn't, this shouldn't be the case. But for so many of us, it is the case. 
I want to share a story with you. Several years ago, back when I was in student ministry, when we were asked to go to schools and talk about the dangers of social media and, you know, don't drink, don't have sex, all that good stuff. And it was a wonderful time. I enjoyed it greatly. But in that, I learned of a story of a young lady from right here in Arkansas. There, we have permission to share this story from her parents. Her name is Sarah Lynn Butler. She was from Hardy, Arkansas. And Sarah, in her life, uh, I believe she was in junior high school, she uh, received a vote from all her classmates to be um, like harvest party queen, right? They all voted on her as to be the queen of that dance kind of thing. That's a big deal. Any girl would love that. But this is so far back. This is back in the MySpace days. Anybody remember that? MySpace? Yeah. We got one person owning it. Thank you. Well, you see, Sarah, she goes home. The day that she was voted queen, she logs on to MySpace. And immediately what she starts seeing is that her classmates are like, wow, really? They voted on you? You're ugly. You're unpopular. You're, right? They just started slamming her online. And her mother comes upstairs and she says, Sarah, I heard about the news at school. This is wonderful. Aren't you so excited? And she's there in her room in front of her computer just crying. And her mom's like, what's going on? You should be so thrilled. And she says, Mom, look at what they're saying about me. Mom, like any good parent hopefully would do, unplugged the computer and said, stop looking at that trash. You don't need that in your life. She said, yes, ma'am. Her mother left her room. But like any 14, 15-year-old girl would do, temptation overcame her. She plugged it back in. She logged back in. And she continued to read. Her mother in the story actually gave quotes from what these students were saying to her. So vulgar, I can't repeat to you. So the next morning, her parents had to leave to go to work before she was ready to go to school. She rode the bus to school. The school calls her mom and says, Sarah's not here today. She said, well, she should be there. So her mother races home, and she finds Sarah in her closet. She had hung herself. This is a real-life story right here in Arkansas, 15-year-old girl. You see, words have the power to kill. Your words are powerful. In this situation, it is awful. Classmates literally said enough stuff to make her feel like she wasn't worthy of living, and she took her life. Make no mistake, some of you are thinking, well, Luke, this, the, the majority of us are adults. Listen, adults, we have our own form of bullying, do we not? And you know what I'm talking about. We have our own form, and we have to be so careful with the words that we say to one another, how we interact with each other, because you never know the power of your words. Scripture is so clear about the power of words. Proverbs 18, verse 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Words have the power of death and life. And sadly, in Sarah's case, they were death. But on the flip side of that, if our words have the power to kill, our words also have the power 
to heal. Proverbs 12, verse 18. Some people make cutting remarks. But the words of the wise bring healing. Have you ever said something to somebody knowing that it was going to crush them? Please don't raise your hand. You knew in that moment, in that circumstance, with that person, that if you said that thing, it was going to destroy them. You see, we know the power of words. We know that we literally have the power to either crush someone or bring them up. And just as this passage says, wise words bring healing. I want to address some people publicly in the room. I'm trying to find her back there, and she's bobbing and weaving. My wife, Ashley, you're wonderful. Everybody smile. You don't have to look at her because she would just melt in the seat. But you are wonderful. You're a great wife. An awesome mother. You're fantastic. I love you. I really do. Brad Duncan, man, I want to tell you something. Back when I was in Texas, did y'all know that that Brad at random would send me texts for the last two years from a state away, encouraging me at random times? Thank you so much. meant the world. Daniel Langford, you're right there, my man. You may not know who Daniel Langford is, but Daniel runs one of the largest ministries in central Arkansas, and we are grateful for you. We uh, are, uh, how, many, how many weeks you got left? One more week, buddy, you're almost there. I know you've got to be drained, you've got to be exhausted, you've got to just be ready for cooler weather, right? Dude, we are thankful for you and the impact that you're making for the kingdom and little lives. Thank you. T.J. White, where you at? Over here, my man. T.J. works for uh, the, the Benton School System. He's a, a trainer, correct? And he has used his position to evangelize with his coworkers. He, he gets me caught up, you know, day to day on, on how he's seeking to share the gospel with those that he works with. Man, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Y'all see how easy it is to encourage somebody? You see how easy it is to breathe life into people? Your words have the power to kill or your words have the power to heal? How are you going to use your words this morning? The third thing that I want you to notice about the power of speech, the power of our words, is that ultimately it's an overflow of the heart. That your words are an overflow of the heart. James chapter 3 Verse 11 and 12, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 4, we carry on with this imagery. It says, wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. Do you see the imagery these these writers create about the power of words? Both of them do such a wonderful job bringing the, the, the imagery that our words come from deep down.
down. That, that our words come from a source. And, and that source is going to uh, reveal itself by what is spoken. I want you to write this down. It's not going to be on the screen. But I want you to remember this. That your mouth is a window to your soul. I want you to write that down. That your mouth is a window to your soul. Let's look at the Gospels. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Highlight this last part. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Did anybody just get convicted other than me? Your words are an overflow of your heart. Now this can either be a blessing or a curse. What you have going on in your heart is sure to come out of your mouth. Listen, I don't have to wonder if you're a bitter person or not. Your mouth will tell me. I don't have to wonder at all if you are an angry person. Your, your mouth will tell me. I don't have to worry at all if you are a jealous person. Your mouth will tell me. I, I don't have to wonder at all if you are being fake. Your, your mouth will tell me. Your mouth is an overflow of your heart. These are the words of Jesus. He's saying, listen, it's at, the, it's at the root that I'm concerned about. Because if I can control the root, then I can control the mouth. He's saying, it's going to come out. And so many of you are going, oh, Lord, help me. Maybe last week I displayed to the world where my heart is at. Anybody else? You're just going to make me be the only honest person in the room? Your mouth will reveal the condition of your heart. So if you're kind of wondering, man, where am I at, Lord? How's this sanctification thing going? How am I doing, Lord? Am I looking more like you? Examine the words that come out of your own mouth. Just like Burl Cain knew in Louisiana State Penitentiary, man, if we can get a little Jesus in here, we can start working on the way that we talk to each other. Perhaps we'll see a change. That goes for you and I as well. So my challenge to you this morning is yes, your words are tough to tame. Turn them over to the Lord. That your words literally have the power to kill or heal. Which one are you going to choose today? And that ultimately, you do not have to wonder about where your heart is at. Your words will tell you, Lord, help my heart so that I can control my mouth. Those are big challenges for us this morning. We've got a lot of wisdom from the Word of God. I pray that we can be people that pursue righteous speech. Let me pray for you. God, we love you, and we're so thankful for your Word. We're so thankful for the instruction that it gives. God, I pray for those in the room this morning, myself included, but I think many of us were examining our speech. 
Perhaps we don't have the best memory. We can't go that far back, but maybe we're thinking about the conversations that we had this past week. And we're really contemplating, God, did I, <laughs> did I help heal and encourage, or were my words sharp and abusive? As James reminded us, this is the unifying sin. We all struggle with our mouths. And God, I pray that you would help us be people like the Proverbs says, that choose wisdom, that if we pursue wisdom, we would know what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. So God, help us not to be careless with our words. Be with our hearts so that our mouths can bring you glory. We love you and we thank you for your son Jesus and what he did on the cross. And we ask everything in his precious and holy name.